The MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Bet $100 at WinBet and get a $100 free bet. Head on over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to claim that free bet today. Welcome to another action-packed, exciting, adventurous, adventurous episode of the MMA Gambling Podcast, the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, episode 214. I'm going to dedicate it to one of our friends in the Sports Gambling Podcast Slack. That would be sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash, not, I said Slack. See, this is going to be a bad episode, everyone. Just so you know, you may want to turn off now. Um, it's the Discord we're in now, sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Discord. Scuba 122. I think he's a newer gentleman. Maybe, maybe a female. It would be nice if we had a female for once. But anyhow, he hit, he or she, they, pronouns, uh, hit a big bow nickel uh, finish within the first minute, I believe it was, uh, prop bet last night, which um, I can't remember what the payout was. I could look these things up, but I'm going to invite someone on in a second to. Uh, to, he probably knows the answer, my co-host. But anyhow, this goes out to Scuba122. And I am your horrible, bumbling host, Jeff Fox, who had a relapse of his non-COVID-related illness, and he's really brain fried. So it's going to be a fantastic episode, but we're going to power through and give you guys some winning picks for UFC Fight Night Dern versus Yan. Um, this episode will be the prelims as... Our hardcore of come to know Wednesday nights are our prelim is our, is our prelim podcast and tomorrow Thursday I will drop the main card so we got seven fights we are going to break down for you uh, on a fight card that's been a little hampered uh, uh, with uh, fights being canceled and rescheduled and stuff so we we lost a couple couple of decent ones off the top but nonetheless it doesn't matter the quality of the fight card because uh, we're gonna win money on it regardless maybe we'll talk a little bit about the very last night of Dana West Contender Series, which was last night, RIP. Um, I have, I'm banging the drum that they should at least do it twice a year. Um, Dana White's team is really high on uh, talking about how much um, engagement they had. I think that's a new word for viewers and, and people talking about it. Engagement, I believe, is what the kids say. Um, he was happy with with the level of uh, exposure that the series had this year. So maybe we can hope, fingers crossed, that they expand it more because it's it's a money making endeavor. Let's, let's bring in the man who makes the money on Tuesday nights for all of us. This is one of my old school throwback, super long, rambling uh, intros. Um, if anyone's still listening, I will introduce you to him now. He's the Gumby God, Daniel Breland. Hello. Hey, so uh, I do have the official number. I believe it was plus four twenty five on Scuba's big hit. So that's uh, so like it should be so much higher when you think about it. Really, <laughs> like that's I mean, such it, a specific. I guess he, he just said finish, right? It wasn't like a sub within a minute. It was finish. Yeah, I think it was finished within a minute. And I will say, uh, I, I think he snabbed it the morning of, which I, okay. I, think if, I think if you had gotten it way earlier, you and I don't know how early they offered it, depending on the book and stuff like that. But I know for me, the earlier you got Bo Nickel stuff, the better. Um, yeah. and, and not just the money line, right? The money line opened like negative 900, negative 1,000, moved to negative 3,000. 
but they they showed a little graphic right on the screen that said uh take bo nickel by submission plus 105 i want to say it was and i had been sharing with the discord earlier in the week that i had gotten bo nickel by submission at plus 275 uh so, yeah, so that, he's like, already bringing in the he's already sorry to interrupt he's already bringing in the casual betters it seems like yeah 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 so uh that, that tends to happen with with fan favorites as you get closer to uh, to fight night. So yeah, and, and to be fair too, like you say casual betters, but like he has a wide fan base even before he came to MMA. Uh, yeah. Granted, granted, a fan base that might not be too acquainted with like gambling, but like you know, wrestlers do have fans, uh, especially one who is you know as close and as high up as he was. Yep, very, very true. So um, it wasn't the most uh, profitable night if you were just taking all of Gumby's bets and betting 100 bucks on the outcome of every fight. But uh, did you make it okay uh, out of the discard? Were you able to do some props and whatnot to make it a decent night for you? Yeah, I, I was just about even. Uh, the the two big props that landed for me was the Jack Jenkins KO finish. That was two plus 215. And then, like I said, the Bo Nickel sub prop plus 275 were the the two bigger ones. So the, the couple of fights that uh, I got that I um, in, in the underdogs just weren't barking for me, which was kind of upsetting that another event of all favorites. Ten straight. We finished with, well, it probably was more than ten straight because the, the event before, I'm sure the main event probably was the favorite too. But anyhow, two straight events. At the very least, we had nothing but favorites come through. Yeah, well, and I will say this too, you know, like I, I was a little bit bummed at first. And I was like, damn, like what was I doing wrong? But there were two of those fights that I would say uh, the underdog clearly was looking good early until he just absolutely gassed. Uh, yeah. Jao Elias uh, had like a whole bunch of really good sub attempts. I don't know how many of them were close, but he was attacking enough that you could be like, oh yeah, we'd give him these moments of the fight or maybe even the whole first round. And then just towards the end of the first round and all of the second round, he just looked like there was nothing left. And, and you could say the same thing about Sensi uh, in his fight against Sam Patterson. He, he landed the big bomb in the first round, wobbled him, uh, had the better positions, came out in the second round. There wasn't anything in the tank. Uh, and he, he led himself right into a couple of different submissions. The, the first couple he wiggled out of, but the last one he didn't. So, yeah, I, I would say just in general, like, Bad gas tanks cost me a couple of fights, but uh, the the props were the props were there. I like what I saw from Jenkins last night. Of course, Dana doesn't wasn't impressed. Uh, the, the guy That's that impressed, wild. He's the best impressed me on the most. Yeah. <laughs> Other than Bo Nickel, the guy that impressed me the most, uh, of course. Like yeah, yeah, Bo Nickel, Bo Nickel, notwithstanding, Jack Jenkins yeah. is the best fighter on that episode. Yeah, yeah, he was he, he looked fantastic, and he looks like the um. The one DA guy from Narcos. Do you watch Narcos? I don't. No, I don't okay. watch TV. <laughs> well, Netflix doesn't count as TV. So anyway. Oh, okay. <laughs> and it was a long time ago also. Um, so Nickel, Bo Nickel called out Hamzat Chimaev and Dana White's like, don't get crazy, don't get crazy. Is it that crazy, really? I mean, I, I would say it is, but only based on this. So, like, I'm not saying it's crazy to truly believe he could beat him. But I will say as from a fan's perspective right now, and probably a matchmaker's perspective right now, there's just so many unknowns with Bo Nickel, right? He, he went out there and, and he popped a dude who uh, was expected to be the better boxer in the face as he was tripping him for a takedown. Like it was that overhand left combination to the, the like pick behind the knee. And like the, 
that's great and it looks good and everybody's like, oh, it's striking. We really saw him throw a punch. You know what I mean? <laughs> we haven't seen any of his defensive striking yet. We haven't seen. And, you know, I noted that if you, you find his one pro fight outside of the, the contender series, it does look like his head's up in the air a little bit. So, like, yeah, to just say, like, put him in there with a guy like Kamzat, who, not for anything, Kamzat's got KO power. We we saw him yeah. knock out Mirashar. We saw him knock out um, the dude who was on the contender series uh, who looked very, very good with the Kimura. Like, like we've seen him box. I'm not, like, the biggest, you know, Kamzat cheerleader. Like, he's a world beater, but there's no reason for Bo to fight a guy like that next, no. right? Like, I, I, and I said this in the Discord, and it doesn't work anymore because – Calvin Gastelum already just got a matchup uh, as a headliner on a fight card. But, like, the the best thing you could do for Bo Nickel is book him with somebody who's clearly an easy style matchup for him, but near the top 15 or at the very bottom of the top 15 and headline a fight night card. Him versus, yep. Ed, him versus Edmund Shabazian should be the first thing they book, and it should headline, you know, some goofy Apex card, uh, hopefully one that they allow fans at. You know they listen to us, so it's going to happen. Like you were saying in the Discord, you and John were just speaking fights into existence, or maybe it was just you that was speaking them into existence. But anyhow, it seems like you got a bunch of fighters booked recently. That's that's what we're trying to do here. We're trying to do <laughs> that, Sean Shelby's job for him. <laughs> that's what we're trying to do. It's true. Actually, what we're trying to do in this episode is get you some winners. Um, first, I'm going to tell you about some of our friends. Speaking of win, win bet. Are you thinking of joining WinBet? Now is the perfect time. New customers who bet $100 get a $100 free bet. Plus, WinBet Casino is always open 24 hours a day, where you can get 100% deposit bonus up to 8000 bucks. WinBet is live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. If you live elsewhere, time to move. Plus, WinBet has their own same game parlay feature. Just click on the game you like, select build your own bet, and start building a monster parlay. There's so much to choose from, and all you have to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet. So they know that we sent you that sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. Offer subject to change. Terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where play to win bet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Promoguy.us is the best place to go if you're interested in plus EV betting strategies. They've got daily updates on odds boosts. And huge cash bonuses from all the major sports books. And they've got a VIP Discord group that puts even deeper plus EV analytics right at your fingertips. You got to say, we've been looking at their daily promo updates, and they're some of the most informative in the game. They don't simply tell you what team is probable to win, but where you'll get the best odds and how to track down and cash in big on constantly changing promotions. If you're not already using mathematical models to help with your picks, you are missing out on an insanely valuable tool. And the best part of all is that Promo Guy is run by a small team of passionate sports fans dedicated to building a well-informed, better betting community. Go to promoguy.us and check out their 100% track, transparent, and proven method for betting smarter. So make sure you check out promoguy.us. And we're pretty good at helping you bet smart as well here. We're going to help you bet smart at this weekend's Yawn, uh, actually, Dern versus Yawn. Um, unfortunately, Chownon is not her, her last name. That would be a very good uh, thing on a poster, Dern versus Chownon. But nonetheless, um, we will soldier arm. Do you know the start time off the top of your head, Dan? Because I forgot to look it up. Again. Uh, it's an early one. I, I want to say four. Ooh, wouldn't that be nice? It I'll is. Put the in, I'll put the intern on. Nope, the intern is already on it as we speak. He heard us talking. 7 p.m. main card, but we're not talking about that today. 4 p.m. Eastern is. I just know these things. Yes, 4 p.m. <laughs> Eastern is the prelims. October the 1st, a day before 
a very wonderful day. We'll t- more about that later. Uh, UFC Apex is where this is going down. As per usual, we got seven cards on the prelims to break down. Um, speaking of the fights that fell through, unfortunately, we lost. What did we lose? We lost the heavyweight fight. Jarzinho, Rosenstrike, Christalkis got moved up to UFC 282. because They're all about. Do you know why that one got moved? Did we uh, ever hear? I, I think it has to do with Rosenstrike, but I, I can't remember offhand. Okay. Has to do with uh, Rosenstrike is is all we that's who we're, we're putting the blame on. And then what else did we lose? We lost Garbrandt and Yah Yah. Um, they both got hurt, so they won't be fighting each other or anyone else. Uh, any at least in the uh, in the current time frame. So there you go. Uh, nonetheless, we've got seven fights to break down on the prelims, starting with Bantamweights Guido Canetti versus Randy Costa. Guido El Ninja. Kennedy. What does that translate to? Do you know? The ninja? Oh, okay. Cool. Uh, he's 9-6. Four knockouts. Three submissions. He's been knocked out once, submitted four times. Three and five in the UFC. He's gone one and three over his last four. He did win his last fight, though, via TKO. I think we picked against him, probably? Sounds for, like something we would have done. For Kennedy? His last fight, yeah. No, I picked him. And I went against him, right? Probably. I, I, that sounds like you. <laughs> he used to fight at featherweight, used to fight at lightweight. 2007 was his pro debut. He outstrikes his UFC opponents by 0.58 strikes per minute. Very decent number for a guy with uh, eight UFC fights. Uh, grappling stats in his favor, plus 240 is the number on him. Uh, Randy, the Zohan Costa. Seems like we haven't seen him forever. Uh, six and three with six knockouts. He's uh, He's been knocked out twice, submitted once. So by my math, he's never gone the distance in a pro fight. Two and three in the UFC. He's lost two straight fights via TKO. He's not won a fight since September of 2020, so we're talking two years now, over two years. Used to fight at featherweight. He's got three inches height, five inches of reach, 15 years of youth <laughs> on his side at bantamweight. Wow. Uh, almost two times more active landing strikes. He has been outstruck, though, by his opponents in the UFC by 0.86 strikes per minute. Not good. Minus 300. We'll let you go first. Yeah, so first of all, uh, a couple of things. You, I don't think you picked uh, against Guido Kennedy last time because he fought Chris Moutinho. I, no, of course not, yes. yes. Uh, although if you pick Chris Moutinho, I, I might have to go back and listen to see if you No, there's no way I picked that green-haired uh, guy. Uh, but anyway, uh, I'm going to go with Guido Kennedy again. I'm going to go with the 42-year-old Bantamweight. Uh, and here's why. Uh I'm, it's a little bit of a fate of Randy Costa, despite the fact that I do like Randy Costa and he's shown good things in the past. But the thing that really has cost him in his previous fights is two things. Number one is the gas tank. Just not there. Um, you know, in that Adrian Yanez fight, he looked really good in the first round. Looked god-awful in the second round. Uh, and you could say a similar thing about the Tony Kelly fight. But the other thing the Tony Kelly fight really exposed out of him is... He has a really hard time dealing with pressure, like a very hard time dealing with circling away from pressure, not getting sucked into a firefight and conserving his energy. Um, And and that's really cost him in in more than one fight. I mean, if you want to go way back, it probably cost him in the Brandon Davis fight, too. Um, And while I really do, like I said, I love a a Northeast guy. Uh, I love a guy from from Massachusetts. His wins are really bad. Like if you, if you go back and look at his his strength of schedule as far as wins go, like his best win might be Journey Newson, uh, or, or Boston Salmon. I don't know which one of those two you want to pick, but it's it ain't pretty. Uh, and he's losing the guys like Brandon Davis, Tony Kelly, and Adrian Yanez, who are all boxers. 
all guys who push a pace and are able to get in your face. And like, although Brandon Davis has got some grappling, but I think Guido Kennedy pushes that kind of pace. Um, and despite being 42, he has not looked worse for the wear uh, in his recent fights. I mean, you could say what you want about the fact that he was on a decent losing streak, but uh, he didn't look bad against Mono Martinez, a guy much younger than him. He looked like he was matching uh, Bakarel Dana quite a while until he ate that big blow from Dana. I mean, I, I guess Costa could land the big blow early, but yeah, I'm going to go with Kennedy here. Jesus Christ, how long is this episode going to be? <laughs> you have that I much just, to say about the curtain jerker for crying well, out loud. Dude, You're I, passionate. I, I'm I'm picking a two plus two forty forty two yeah. year old. Yeah, that's true. You uh, have to I've, justify I've gotta, it. I've got to justify that. I am, of course, I'm not. I I also uh, enjoy uh, Randy Costa as you do. I'm not going to take a way younger, bigger fighter over uh, over Guido Canetti. I mean, I, I am going to take a bigger, younger fighter over Guido Canetti. So yeah. Randy Costa is the pick. Hopefully he gets off the schneid here, but it's not, I don't think it's going to be a recommended play, but we shall see. All right, we're going to move on to the ladies. Uh, catchweight. We have two catchweight, 140 catchweight fights, one on the male side, one on the female side this week. This is the female one. Julia Stolyarenko versus Chelsea Chandler, making her debut. Um, we'll tell you about Chandler first. She's four and one. One knockout, one submission. Never been finished in a fight. This will be, as I said, this will be her debut. She was four and one in Evicta, so all of her fights were high level. Uh, she's won four straight fights after dropping her debut. Uh, she's an inch taller, got three inches of reach on Stolyarenko, minus 105. So she's a slight underdog here. Stolyarenko, 10-6-2 with nine, nine submissions. She's been knocked out twice, submitted once. One in four in the UFC, won her last fight via submission, saved her career there by uh, submitting Jessica Rose Clark. Actually, she didn't submit her. She put her on the injured list. She also was one and one on the Ultimate Fighter, one no in Invicta, where she was the champion. Also was a regional champ. 2012, she's been fighting since. She's 3-0 in left tie and was a champion there. That's the martial arts where you can use your head, basically. <laughs> you can use all your limbs. Uh, she's three years younger than Chandler, minus 115. I'm going with my God. I'm going with Chandler. Um, still not sold on uh, Stoliarenko. Um, Chandler, very good competition in Invicta. Her four victories uh, combined opponent record 16-2. and two. Um, also got a nice reach advantage and this maybe it's more of a fade on Stoly Reichel than anything, but give me Chandler. Yeah, I'm going to go with Chandler too. Uh, I, I like the way she swings it. Uh, I mean, like it's a little bit reckless, but she's kind of got, um, you know, in, in, for those who are not familiar with Chelsea Chandler or any of her Invicta stuff, she comes from Stockton, or at least she fights out of Stockton. She does. Caesar Gracie. Um, and and she's got like that that like big long lanky boxing that you kind of expect from a a Diaz brother, um, or you know a Diaz brother trained fighter. And she she swings it wide, but also kind of like in a slapping motion sometimes. And and she's got really good power. She I, I was watching her fight. Uh, was it Courtney King that she beat the hell out of? I think it was Courtney King. And, and just like absolutely bloodied her up with that kind of boxing and it's not even the thing she does best she likes to grapple she likes to get in the clinch but uh, you know like she'll probably try to stay away from that on Stoliarenko uh, again I, I don't think I'd run this in my recommended plays here but I, I do think Chelsea Chandler I, I, I kind of like her as a up-and-coming prospect at 135 should that be the division she settles in at <laughs> I guess I'm happy that you agreed with me, but once again, Dan, can't even a tiny underdog you can't let me have, eh? 
Yeah, this one's. I, I mean, like I've actually seen her fluctuate up to being a favorite, but uh, yeah, yeah, no, I, I can't let you in on that one. She was plus money when I originally did these odds yesterday. She's down to slightly, a uh, slight, slight underdog. I guess it depends where you are making your bets. Hopefully, a win bet. Um, all right, let's move on. Uh, guy that's recording this. How uh, how many minutes are we in? Uh, I believe we're about twenty in. We'll okay, good. that's what I need to know. Thank you. All right. Um, let me tell you about Maxim Grisham versus Felipe Linz. And then uh, I'll tell you about other things. This is light heavyweight. Uh, we'll tell you about Linz first. Monstro is a nickname. What does that translate to? Monster, I'm sure. <laughs> sure. That works for me. 15 and five, eight knockouts, four submissions. He's been knocked out four times, one and two in the UFC, won his last fight, probably saved his uh, UFC career there. Uh, used to fight at heavyweight. It was 4-0 and oh in PFL and was the champion there. He was the heavyweight champ. Is that right? Uh, light heavyweight. Uh, heavyweight. That's right. He only heavyweight. moved. Okay. He only moved down to light heavyweight in uh, the UFC, I believe. And boy, has it gone well. Uh, three and three in Bellator. 2005 was his pro debut. He's a year younger than Grishin. He's been outstruck in the UFC by 0.85 strikes per minute. Grappling stats in his favor, plus 145. Grisham Maximus is the nickname. 32 nine and two. So he's very experienced. 16 knockouts, six submissions. He's been knocked out three times, submitted three times. Two and two in the UFC. He's one of these guys with a pattern. Loss, win, loss, win over his UFC career. Used to fight a heavyweight as well. He has missed weight three times at light heavyweight, so something to keep an eye on here. 2008 was when he made his pro debut in MMA. He's an inch taller than Linz. Striking stats in his favor. He outstrikes his UFC opponents by 1.33 strikes per minute. Very impressive. Minus 175. Yeah, I, I'm going Maxim Grishin here. Uh, I, I just, uh, you know, I d- wasn't really impressed with how Felipe Linz looked at light heavyweight when he beat Marcin Procneo. Um, looked kind of complacent and, like, happy to, like, just win rounds. Whereas, like, Grishin really gets after it. He looked good against William Knight. Um, I mean, he even lost to Dustin Jacoby and didn't look terrible there. Um, you know, his only other loss in the UFC was up at heavyweight to Mar- Marcin Tibera, which... Obviously, like in retrospect, that's a crazy short notice fight up a weight class into heavyweight. So, yeah, I, I think Grishin probably gets it done a little bit better with the feet here. I, I think he should be fine against somebody like Linz, who, at least since coming to the UFC, has looked like his uh, his finishing power is just pretty much melted away. Yeah, uh, Grishin is my pick as well. Um, better striker. Um, lots of power in the strikes as well. Uh, probably going to be a little bit bigger since he's can barely make light heavyweight, or at least he's had trouble making it in the past. So let's go. With, and like you said, Linz has been a bit of a disappointment. He, he was coming in with a little, little bit of hype because, you know, PFL champ and he had some Bellator experience, but hasn't really lived up to it. So <clears throat> as I cough, uh, we're agreeing on Grishin. We're also agreeing that no house advantage is a very good thing to get to, uh, to go check out. No house advantage is changing the game by offering the most dynamic fantasy sports platform available today. Playing pick'em contests versus other people for the shot at winning a quarter million dollars or more in cash. Download the app, choose a contest, select your player props, earn points for correct picks, and climb the leaderboard for your shot to win big money every day. You also test your skills versus the house and win 20 times your entry if you hit all your picks. Button up the five-player prop over/unders or individual player matchups across every major sports league, including NFL, NBA, MLB, PGA, MMA, and NASCAR. Be sure to check out No House Advantage today and experience daily fantasy sports redefined. Is not just how you play, but also where you play. You don't won't want to miss out on this. Set up now with promo code SGPN at nohouseadvantage.com or download the app to get a first deposit match up to 25 bucks. Oh, we're we're back with Babel, ladies and gentlemen. 
if you're like me and there's a foreign language that you regret not learning in school, it's never too late to start with Babbel. Babbel is a learning language learning app that sold more than 10 million subscriptions thanks to Babbel's addictively fun and easy bite-sized language lessons. You can finally cross learning that new language off of your list. We should, uh, you think the, the GOAT translator uh, it, that does contender series and everything, the Portuguese guy, do you think he uses Babbel perhaps? I, I think that's probably the only way he got as good as he is. Zhang Li, such a fan of that man. He, <laughs> he he is the greatest translator because he translates with emotion. That's what that's what Zhang said. It's not just the words. He translates the emotion. Anyhow, if you want to be like that guy, Babbel could be the spot for you. With Babbel, you only need 10 minutes to complete a lesson so you can start having real-life conversations in a new language in as little as three weeks. Other language learning apps use AI for their lesson plans, but Babbel lessons were created by over 150 language experts and voiced by real native speakers, not computers. Their teaching method has been scientifically proven to be effective. With Babbel, you can choose from 14 different languages, including Spanish, French, Italian, and German. Dan knows all of them already, right? That's correct, yes. Yeah, so that. <laughs> Plus, Babbel's speech recognition technology helps you improve your pronunciation and accent. There's so many ways to learn with Babbel. In addition to lessons, you can access podcasts, games, videos, stories, and even live classes. Plus, it comes with a 20-day money-back guarantee. Start your new language learning journey today with Babbel. Right now, get up to 55% off your subscription when you go to babbel.com slash SGP. That's babbel.com slash SGP for up to 55% off your subscription. Babbel, language for life. Australia time. Australia is a place to compare odds from all major sports books. You can also compare their different signup codes and promotions from sports books to get the best deal. The app also provides player statistics, key game stats, injury reports, and projected game day weather for betters to make the most informed bets possible. It also has a bet tracker so betters can keep records of all your games and betting activity. Go to oddstrader.com slash bluewire. Oddstrader, the number one site for all your game day bets. Okay, let's move on, shall we? I think we're moving on to middleweights. Uh, um, correct. Christophs Jotko versus Brendan Allen in this another close on the board middleweight uh, contest. All right. Brendan, all, all in Allen. 19 to 5, five knockouts, 10 submissions. He's been knocked out twice, submitted once. Seven and two in the UFC. He's won two straight fights and four or five. He's fight at welterweight. He's fight at light heavyweight. He was one and all in the contender series. He also wasn't the LFA champ. Also was a regional champ. Inch of height, six years younger than Jocko. He's 1.4 times more active landing strikes, to be exact. He's it's basically a push uh, with the strike differential. He's been outstruck by 0 0.03 strikes per minute. So basically, it's a push. He gives as much as he takes in the UFC. Plus 100, even money on him. Jocko, 24 and 5, six knockouts, one submission. He's been uh, knocked out twice, submitted once. 11 and 5 in the UFC. He's won two straight and five of six. So both these guys are on similar roles. He also used to fight at welterweight. 2010, he's been a problem MMA fighter since. He's got two inches of reach on Allen. He outstrikes his UFC opponents by 0.76 strikes per minute, minus 125. I guess it is my turn. Jocko is just, uh, as I wrote, you can read my article, actually, and all these picks are already is already up on the site, sportsgamblingpodcast.com. He's just like sneaky goods, uh, flying under the radar. Um, like I read off all those stats to you. A lot of people probably wouldn't uh, have known that about him. He just seems to find a way to win. Um, Brendan Allen, kind of up and down, even though his, his record and everything looks good. Um, I think I trust Jocko more. I think he's going to be the better striker here and perhaps just as strong of a grappler as Allen. So give me Jocko. Yeah, I'm all over Jocko in this one. Uh, I think I, I do really like some of the things Brendan Allen does on the ground, but he's just kind of so inconsistent about getting the fight there. You know what I mean? Yep. Like that, that fight with 
Jacob Malkin was such an eye opener to what his grappling is. Cause you know, you, you said he's on a two fight winning streak and has won four or five. I actually don't think he won that fight with Jacob Malkin. I, I think Malkin beat him. Uh, Malcolm took him down seven times and, and largely controlled him. I think Jocko could do a similar thing, but I also think he doesn't need to. Uh, I think he can keep this on the feet and just light up Brendan Allen the whole time. Um, so, yeah, g- give me Jocko at negative 125. I think it's actually a steal in this case. Ooh, perhaps a recommended play tomorrow. We shall see. We shall see. All right, let's move on to lightweights. Joachim Silva versus Jesse Ronson, our lone Canadian on the card. Jesse, the body snatcher, Ronson. 21-11 with one no contest, 10 knockouts, 7 submissions. He's been knocked out twice, submitted twice. 0-4 with one no contest in the UFC over two stints. Uh, he, he did win his no contest fight, but then he popped for real drugs like steroids, and so that got taken away. So he's officially winless in the UFC. Uh, uh, he lost his last fight via submission. He's not won a fight since February of 2020. 0-2 in PFL. He's got multiple regional championships on his mantle correct we do have mantles up here in canada so that that checks out uh what else he used to fight at welterweight 2009 was his pro mma debut two inches taller one inch reach on silva striking stats in his favor he also was a boxing and kickboxing champion in a previous life he outstruck his ufc opponents by 0.28 strikes per minute despite being winless plus 125 the number on him silva nito bjj is his nickname quite a nickname eh yes it's a great nickname (laughs) 11 and 3 Six knockouts, three submissions. He's been knocked out twice. Four and three in the UFC. He's lost two straight. He's only won one of his last three. He's actually been knocked out two straight fights or TKO two straight fights. He's not fought in over a year, June of 2021. His last win is December of 2018. He was two and one in the Ultimate Fighter. 2010, he's been a pro MMA fighter since. He's four years younger than Ronson. He's been outstruck by 0.65 strikes per minute in the UFC. Grappling stats in his favor, minus 138. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I think you gotta go with Joaquim Silva here. No, you don't. Uh, oh God, you're really gonna go with Jesse Ronson as bad as he looked in that last fight. I mean, he looked so bad in that last. And fight. Silva's not been a world beater either, so yeah, you gotta roll the he, dice sometimes. He, he's so he's won one time in the UFC ever, Jesse Ronson. Otherwise, he's 0 and 4, and he's largely just been beat by grapplers. And the only time he won is that that. Contest got overturned due to a positive drug test. Um, and, and Silva is a grappler. Um, and yeah, he, he didn't grapple Nasrat Hakkaras or Ricky Glenn. Uh, largely not Ricky Glenn because it took 37 seconds before he ate a big shot. Uh, but I don't really think Jesse Ronson's going to floor him. And, and Silva is a guy who outgrappled Jared G- Gordon. So uh, yeah, g- give me give me Joaquim Silva. Uh, that's the... That's the, the dog you want to die on. Uh, be my guest. No, no, be the, it's be not. the Jesse Ronson one. <laughs> no, I'm not going to die on it, but I'm, I'm going to pick him. Not just because he lives like an hour away from me, but that, that's, not, uh, that's not it at all. Um, hard to pick a guy who's been knocked out two straight fights and who's barely been active over, what, the past five years. So Ronson hasn't knocked anyone out recently, but he does almost half of his wins have come via knockout, and he's also a, a good grappler. So let's, let's roll the dice. What the heck, Dan? I got to pick some dogs, right? You, you do. Do you know the last time he had a knockout was? Yeah, it's been five, a long time. It was five years ago, and it was against a guy named Derek Gunther. Yeah, Gunther. But uh, don't worry. Um, what's his face? Is uh, Silva's chin is is do, do, right right for the taking. Can I can I tell you about the second to last knockout he had? Sure, I'm sure people would love to hear it. Yeah, it was five and a half years ago, and it <laughs> yeah. was against Derek Gunther. <laughs> oh, it was against who? Sorry. 
Derek Gunther at the same exact All the same guy. Oh, well, there you go. He's got that guy's number then, doesn't he? So I thought it was like, oh, crazy. I was already getting ready to read my next ad read, so I was not paying attention to you. I'm sorry. That's I apologize. Okay. This could be All the right. Derek Gunther episode. <laughs> yeah, okay. Every put. I'm going to write that down. How do you spell that? G-A-U. Is it N-T-H-E-R? I lost it already. Yeah, let's go with that. <laughs> All right. And there's other spellings of Derek, too. Now I'm going to have to look all this up. But anyhow, I'll look that up. I'll get the intern to look that up while I tell you about it. the Elias game plan app. If you don't, the best day of the week is actually Monday and Thursday and Sunday. That's because, what well, we drop podcasts usually all those days. So there you go. But also because it's NFL season, our favorite time of the year. And whether you're into fantasy leagues, betting on your team, or just talking highlights around the water cooler at work, the NFL season just got a lot better thanks to the Elias game plan app. The ultimate sports betting and fantasy companion for the NFL, NBA, and MLB. Last Game Plan is the only sports app from the most trusted name in sports, the Last Sports Bureau, official statisticians of U.S. pro sports leagues. Last Game Plan is full of information and insights provided by the renowned research team, which means they constantly give you information that is up to date that you can trust. This app gives you everything you need this season to get a competitive edge, league-validated team and player news and st- stats, Head-to-head team comparisons ahead of their matchups, along with Elias key insights from the Elias statisticians, including injury impact analysis and expert game analysis, which can give you the advantage in betting, picking your fantasy lamps, or showing off your sports knowledge. And Elias game plan is releasing new features all the time, like their chat function, which allows you to talk directly with their researchers. So get the information you need to feel comfortable when making big decisions on betting or your fantasy team. Elias insights helps me know my strategy is backed by numbers, not just my intuition. Elevate your NFL season today and download the Elias Game Plan app. That's E-L-I-A-S. And right now, I have a special offer. When you subscribe, get 15% off your annual subscription, but only if you use my promo code SGPN15. SGPN15. Find Elias Game Plan sports betting in the App Store or Play Store today and use my promo code SGPN. And finally, last but not least, Fubo TV. If you watch football, you need a Fubo TV. Fubo TV gives you complete coverage of college and pro football with NFL Red Zone plus games in 4K at no extra charge. Over 100 channels of live sports and entertainment for a fraction of the price of cable. Watching all your devices and never miss a game or an episode of your favorite shows with the included cloud-based DVR. Plus, there's no contract, no commitment, and you can cancel at any time. Right now, you can try Fubo TV free for seven days and get 15% off your first month. Just go to FuboTV.com slash SGP. That's F-U-B-O-T-V.com slash SGP. The end. All right. Let's move on. Women's, again, women's strawweights. Jessica Penne versus Tabitha Ricci. All right, Penne, first, 14 and six, two knockouts, eight submissions. She's been knocked out twice, submitted once. Three and four in the UFC. However, she's won two of her last three, but she did lose her last fight. Uh, two and one in the Ultra Fighter. Three and one in Invicta and the champion at Atomweight, uh, which she used to fight at, down weight class. One and one in Bellator. 2006, she's been a pro fighter since. Four inches height, six inches of reach over Ricci. Despite the size, she's been outstruck by 2.12 strikes per minute in the UFC. Not good. Plus 175, Tabitha Baby Shark Ricci. Yes, we're not going to sing it, but yes, that's her nickname. 7-1, one knockout, two submissions. She's been knocked out once. 2-1 in the UFC. She's won two straight after dropping her debut. Used to fight at flyweight. 12 years younger than Penne. Striking and active striking stats in her favor. She's been outstruck by almost as bad as uh, Penne. 1.94 strikes per minute in the UFC. Minus 215, the number on her. Give me, I, I really wanted to pick Penne because I was, or I thought about picking Penne because I'm always struggling to find some dogs I like, but no, I have to go with uh, Ricci. She's going to be bigger. She's to fight 20, uh, 20 pounds heavier than uh, than Penne did. As I see a, 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 
spelling error in my article. I'm going to go in and fix. Uh, but 12 years younger, that's pretty huge. And she's on a nice little streak. So, And she can uh, crack open watermelons with her breasts uh, as she posted on Twitter. So I think that's relevant, right? I, I don't, I've never used that as analysis, but there's a first time for everything. I'll, I'll say this really quick. Uh, first of all, she's, she has fought at 125, but it was only because she needed a short notice entry into the right. UFC yeah. to fight Man- Manolfi Rowe, which is, uh, right. that's her only uh, loss. Yeah. So I would say she's not a 125 pounder under any circumstance. She's more of a 115 or, but that's still, you're right. Does make her much bigger than Jessica Penne. I'll also say this. She has really phenomenal takedowns. She scored five takedowns in each of her last two fights. Penny is also a fighter who will just kind of like accept a takedown because like she would like to be grappling. And, and I just don't think that's the right move here against Richie. I, I think Richie's just going to body her nonstop uh, for, for an entire 15 minutes. Treat her like a watermelon, crack her head open. Yeah, I, I don't know what you're talking about with that, but sure, sure. Why not? You, you read my article. She It's not really her breasts. It's more like, like her, the crook of her arm and her armpit, she cracked open a watermelon on the beach because I guess that's how they roll in Brazil. Well, th- thank you for that clarification. There you go. There you <laughs> go. All right. Uh, just trying to get more readers by saying it's her breast. Um, all right. Main event heavyweights, Alexi Olianik versus Iller Latifi, a fight we broke down a few months back is actually happening here. Um, oh, this is going to be on ESPN Plus, by the way. I didn't mention that, but this will be the main event on ESPN Plus. Let me tell you about. Alexi, the boa constrictor, Olianik, 60, 16, and 1. So this is what, number 70, 78, fight 78. He's uh, eight knockouts, 47 submissions. He's got, he's been knocked out nine times, submitted twice. Nine and seven in the UFC. Uh, one and three, won his last fight via submission. One and one in Bellator. He's fight at middleweight. It's hard to believe he's fight at light heavyweight. Uh, 1996, he's been a pro fighter since. Um, Sambo and grappling champion, four inches height, seven inches of reach on Latifi. He's almost twice more active landing strikes. Uh, however, he's been outstruck by his opponents in the UFC by about half a half a strike per minute, 0.49 strikes per minute. Plus 150. Iller, the sledgehammer, Latifi, 15 and 8 with one no contest, six knockouts, four submissions. He's been knocked out four times, eight and six in the UFC. He's won one of his last three as well. Uh, won his last fight last uh, June, actually June 21st, not last June, June of 2021, I mean. So it's been over a year for him. He's fight at light heavyweight, predominantly fought at light heavyweight. Was a regional champ. 2008 was his pro MMA debut. He also was a grass, uh, grappling and wrestling champion, uh, as opposed to gra- a sambo and grappling for Olianik. He's five years younger. He's been outstruck by a full strike a minute, 1.02 strikes per minute. Grappling stats in his favor, minus 180. Um, I believe we disagreed when we broke this fight down the first time, um, and, and we were giggling about how it's going to look in the cage as well with these two. It's going to look, it's going to look bad is what yep. you're saying. <laughs> yep. Go ahead. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm sticking with my pick from all that time ago. I like the odds I'm getting here on Alexio Linick. Uh, I think Latifi at heavyweight is an experiment that probably doesn't need to exist. Uh, and, and I get all of the things he does, but being such a short guy, like he, he's going to have to close the distance. And that means he's going to have to be up close and personable with Alexio Linick. And that rarely goes well for anyone. So, yeah, of course, give me a Linux. Yeah, no, I'm taking Latifi. I think he's going to be able to, like, his, his grappling's good enough. Um, I think he's going to be able to grind him out. But uh, I thought uh, Olianik was shot, but then what? He, he beat a very good Jarek Vandera, Jared Vandera <laughs> last fight, right? So who knows? 
Maybe he's not did shocked. I just but... see, did I just see Jared Vandera has a fight booked with uh, a contender series champ, too? Um, oh, really? Really? Fantastic. Also, you know, I'm, I'm just going to quickly pause you on the Alexi Olenek shot guy because he did lose three in a row, but he lost them yep. to Derek Lewis, Chris Dawkins, and Sergey Spivak. He's old and he's fought 77 times. He's got to be shot, he, Dan. He, he's got to be shot. Like, like, he's got to be shot. <laughs> I don't know that he does. He, he, Oh, I saw a really fun, uh, a fun stat about Alexi Olenek before we, we close up shop on this episode. Did you know that he was, uh, he had just finished his 15th professional fight uh, the day that Raul Rosas Jr. was born? <laughs> really? Yeah. He was just finishing up his 15th professional fight. I want to know how you're talking about Invicta in our Discord while you're recording an episode, Dan. Oh, I'm, I'm watching Invicta in the background right now. Oh, my gosh. Don't tell me what happens. Shauna Bannon looks so I good. I said, don't tell me. I'm recording it. God. Did you know you were in grade two when Alexi Olenek became a professional fighter, Dan? I was in third, second grade. I mean, yeah. I was I was not in public school, so I didn't I know, really but have grades. Don't you do but it yeah, by grade? I, I was that age. Did you do it by grades? I mean, I, you think didn't do it? You know, I think maybe. I don't know. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Somehow he's, like, got multiple degrees and stuff, too. Crazy. Crazy. Three and one in math. <laughs> wow amazing all right you you won't need math with our picks just just do what as we said and uh, you'll be okay we went discreet on the opener and the closer and i think we were nope we discreet in another we just screened in a few this could be a very interesting weekend so um all right strap in for tomorrow's episode which will be the main card uh in the meantime and in between time discard told you about it sgpn mma is the twitter handle that Dan runs for us. I am Jeff Fox, writer on Twitter. He's Gumby Vreeland. You read all our stuff at sportsgumbypodcast.com. Dan just wrote a MLB article I see. He wrote one about Invicta, but that's no good for you now. Um, well, maybe if you hear this while well, it's still going on. Um, and I wrote a article with all my picks for UFC. And as of tomorrow, Thursday, I will post a DFS one. So um, I think that's it. That's all I need to tell you. Thank you for listening. Dan's going to take you home. I'm David Kobe Freeland. He's the Zohan, Jeff Fox. And we will see you tomorrow.